Welcome to episode six of Duck Feed Live, Dia Bobolo. We are joined by Jeremy Greer, also known as Not ECEC, on YouTube, frequent guest on Bonfire Side Chat, and expert on things Dark Souls. Not talking about much Dark Souls this time, instead answering your questions and queries. This is the audio version of a live video stream that we do for our Patreon backers every month. If you want to participate in these, go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv and kick in $5 a month or more to watch these as they go live and also submit questions. A little bit of a programming note at the top here. Uh, there's not going to be an episode for November. Instead, we're going to be doing a new event called Duck Stream, which is a 24-hour charity streaming event that we're doing November 21st and 22nd uh, to benefit the Transactive Gender Center. It is a fantastic cause. We have some cool stuff planned. Go to duckfeed.tv slash duckstream to see the details on that, uh, to learn how you can contribute and to see what we've got in store. That feels like about enough overture. Let's jump in and hear the live goodness. Starting, starting, and we're live. We're, live. We're, we're doing it live. I forgot about turning my head. <laughs> Did you just remember that one? You have astonishingly deep catalog on live, Gary. Oh, yeah, I love them. <laughs> They're a band. <laughs> oh, so this is... Head Chuckus. That's it. That's all I got. Head Chuckus? <laughs> Chica, the Koalas, and then there's the Edge. Um, oh my God, Flea, Flea, April. It's the traveling Wilburys of the late 1990s. <laughs> yeah, they're just awful. April <laughs> yes. like, is just moonlighting. <laughs> He's there for the paycheck. Yeah. Oh man. Hey Jeremy, how's it going? I'm doing good. How are you doing? How are you doing? Doing good. good. It's a very spooky Halloween weekend. Yeah, we watched old Twilight Zone TV shows on Netflix on Halloween night. That's how that's how crazy we get. Oh, oof. somebody call the police. Yeah, I think I napped. Yeah, I cool. napped. Also Nap. spooky. <laughs> oh. There are times when you go unconscious against your will for uh, hours and you don't know what happens. Yes. Was the, the creature there the to nap? Because that would make it very spooky. <laughs> the world of the waking and living is beyond your grasp in this ethereal realm. Beyond the wall of sleep lies Cole Ross, <laughs> marginally notable podcaster and Midwesterner who has, <laughs> has decided to close his eyes. Oh, that is fun. Yeah. So, so, so we're here for this. Sorry, we're a little. Sorry, we're a little late. It's the October. It's the October one, but we're doing it in November simply because of the uh, of the of the um, holiday. Right? Nap. Let's just get because out. Of my nap. Take that nap. <laughs> Nobody could wake me. 
Yeah, we we considered just doing like a live webcam webcam on your sleeping form, and decided against it. Wait, you decided against it because I watched it all night last night. That was pretty <laughs> <cool>. <laughs> we tried out the podcast. It's it's, it's for the ultra uh, platinum black levels of Patreon backers who get to watch. <laughs> yeah, it's it's Patreon platinum select. You just go there, enter into the search bar, show me the best thing you got. And it just shows Cole sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> literally, like, that's your money's worth. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, why is it that when you said, oh, I watched you sleeping all night, my first thought was, the Japanese. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that's a very interesting question is why. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, and what, what I'm playing with this month, it, it is a wrapper for a hundred postcard stamps. So, oh, yeah, cool. Gary, how are you? I'm fine. I'm exiting some stuff to see if I can't get more internet mm. in my pipes. Um, yeah. fine. Just been playing games and stuff. Um, yeah. yeah, doing homework, playing games. You know, student and up. Student and. Studenting it up. Studenting it up. There we go. Cool. Yeah. Studenting. Stacy's dorky cousin. Half augmented. I was doing homework. I haven't done homework in, I'm going to say, at least a decade. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like, it it doesn't feel like like I should be able to shoot people who ask me to do it. Before you come back, no, you don't get to tell them what to do. We're both adults here. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm as old as you are, Professor Gears. Um, well. You can you can barely do anything to get me to be in this room. Let yeah, alone I, what I do when I'm outside of this room. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. I I don't feel like anyone should be able to tell you what to do anymore. But here I am. Oh, that's funny, man. I, you're right. I would straight up like yell at somebody. Yeah. Like, I think you should be able to. If somebody asked you, it's just like, I'm going to need you to write, you know, a research essay about this topic. It's like, well, I'm going to need you to suck my dick. I guess I <laughs> not. No. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, man. How are you doing, Jeremy? Yeah. I'm doing good. I uh, also spent most of the day playing video games, um, doing some couch co-op Diablo 3 with the wife, which was a lot of fun. Um, and other than that, just been work, play, work. Play. Yeah. Nice. That is the the PS3, PS4 version of Diablo 3? PS4. PS4, okay, cool. Yeah. I am way too, way too much addicted to it. It's crazy. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a different game on the PS4, right? Like you're in real, real close? Um, I'm not sure. I've never played the PC version of Diablo 3, so okay. I have no idea what it looks like. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, the PC it's a lot one. Of fun, it's like yeah, it's like Diablo 2. It's like really zoomed out, but I guess in adapting it for the for the consoles and the controllers, they they bring it in close to make it more like a character action game kind of thing. Ah, uh, yeah. Um I I just I know after playing it for a couple hundred hours now, like I, I don't think I can go back to a mouse and keyboard. Like I just oh, the yeah. game fits so well on the yeah. gamepad. So. Hmm. I, I just want to beat you into saying uh pronouncing Diablo. More because with your accent, it's super charming. <laughs> <laughs> Do I say it weird? Diablo? Is that yeah. weird? Yeah, I mean it's fine. I'm sure I say something weird. I don't know, but 
It's, like that, that, or it's just different than I've always heard it. It's like an ah rather than ah. The Diablo. Diablo. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's okay. I say you all instead of like correct English all the time, so. <laughs> all of you. Um, yeah. yeah. I think everybody loves Diablo. <laughs> yeah. You're trying to gaslight me or something. And it's not going to work. You're <laughs> <laughs> on to it. Yeah. Um, typical SJW tactics. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do uh, do we want to get started with some questions? Sure. Yeah. And so, Jeremy, you know, you've never done this before, Jeremy. We just uh, people ask questions at a certain Patreon level, um, and then we just answer them, and then we just kind of goof around for ninety minutes. Excellent. Yeah. And then just talk games and shit. Yeah. I can do that. Yeah. And uh, I would encourage anybody listening live to uh, submit questions, even if you have already submitted some questions. Um, you know, and this seems like apropos for the first question. Uh, Sam Bear asks, do you guys play any games that you know are complete wastes of time? For example, I have 41 hours in Euro Truck Simulator 2, over 150 hours in Diablo 3, and <laughs> just about uh, just bought Dynasty Warriors 8 uh, and play those click-to-make-a-number-bigger Flash games. Hmm. Yeah. Well, first off, how dare you? Diablo 3 is not a waste of time. <laughs> I'm getting valuable, valuable numbers. I'm making them go bigger. I can't, I can't stop myself. Well, you're you're, you're playing co-op with with your wife, so that's that's valuable. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that... if you like my wife, which I'm kind of yeah. <laughs> still on the fence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so Diablo three, like, and you know, to 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 a certain extent, Diablo two always seemed a little bit weird for me because it's explicitly a treadmill. Like insofar mm-hmm. as the difficulty levels are just meant to stack one on top of another, and as far as I can tell, there's no promise of them ever stopping that. <laughs> so, so did you just like start on normal and now you're on nightmare or hell or whatever, or is that? Um, well, with the most recent release, the 2.1 patch that they put out on PS4 and Xbox One, they did a um, they have a whole revitalized in-game thing now. So there's an adventure mode where you can actually just go through and do randoms like. They randomly generate little side quests, like go kill 50 dudes and, you know, this boss. And then um, that gives you access to these things called rifts, which are basically just randomly generated levels with a mix-up of monsters, absolutely no story, which it's not a good game for story at all, so you want to stay away from that. Um, so the, the treadmill is a lot more interesting than it ever has been. And I played a lot of Diablo too, and once you got to a certain point, you were just kind of, I guess I'll play through the story again on a one more difficulty level. But with this, you know, the rifts and the greater rifts and the things they've added, it makes it a lot more fun grinding for the extra loot. So it's fun, and there's a ton of different builds you can do now. So I get all into that. Yeah. So, so you feel like when you approach it with a new with a new build, you're getting something different out of it each time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like, I mean, there's, you know, the game is addicting when my wife is on like Blizzard.net forums and minimaxing a witch doctor build. <laughs> like, you can get pretty deep with it. It's um, I mean, probably not as deep as compared to a lot of PC games. I'm not a huge PC gamer. Uh, but for what we're doing, like, you know, the amount that they let you select your skills and the different weird legendary items that alter those skills, it makes it makes it a lot of fun. Nice. No. Gary, how about oh. you? How do you, how do you have any waste of time games? Um, like, not right this moment. Like, I 
haven't had time to to waste on games. Um, the uh, I'm like, you know, three thousand seven hundred fifty holes into desert golfing, <laughs> and that's like definitively a waste of time. Like there's there's no reason to be doing that still. Yeah. Um, but uh, like, and that, that's pretty much it for like wasting time. Things other things will just be homework stuff. And then, like my, you know, my perpetual answers to these things, like your know, rebirth comes out in a couple of days. I'll spend a lot of time on that, but I don't feel like it's a waste. Like it's a good game. Um, you know, I at work I played a uh, cookie clicker for. I tried it and then played it for a day because I could have it on at work. You know, <laughs> those incremental web browser number go up things, but it was just because I was playing it at work. Like I wouldn't have done it at home. Um, so I, I try not to, not to, not to like look down on anybody. Like I do like, you know, dumb. Um, just sit down and, and have some fun games, but I tend to uh, like I'll go back and like just start up a new build or fuck around in Dark Souls for that kind of thing too. Um, yeah. Even though that's something that like that's a good game, but I just I, I probably have mind what I need out of it too. Mm-hmm. So that's Can what you I explain a little bit about what Dark Souls is and what kind of game it is. I don't know. If I've never really. If you ever played an action RPG like a Zelda like, um, yeah. it's all <laughs> it's you're fighting bosses and solving puzzles, and getting items. <laughs> Really a game about items, puzzles, and bosses. I just wanted to make sure. I didn't know if you were. I don't know if y'all have done any Dark Souls talk or content. So I just wanted to make sure yeah. we explained it for the listeners. Yeah. It's like it's like the Zelda um, of games. <laughs> so, I mean, it's that it, it took over the reins for Zelda after uh, the Adventures of Link. Okay. <laughs> Fix it up. Yeah, we want to make sure we give a uh, shrift, proper shrift on the network here. Yeah. 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 Um, Desert Golfing is my answer as well. Um, I have two separate games going, one on my iPad and one on my iPhone, and whichever one happens to be closer at hand is the one that I play. Um, Yeah, so I would need somebody to explain the allure of Euro Truck Simulator to me. I I can kind of see it, man. You know know who I want to have do that is our friend uh, Will, who does Backlog Killer, um, sometimes on the website. He likes all those... Euro sim games, and I really wanted to write about it because I want someone to unlock that too. Mm-hmm. But he, he loves those. Like anything that's like Euro sim, anything he gets into them, and they're popular. Like it's it's a weirdly, and they seem like they should be shovelware, but they're always like it's like forty bucks Euro, you know, uh, warehouse. And, yeah, and I know they were forty dollars. Yeah, they mm-hmm. they like, like thirty four. They're like full priced real releases, and they just have this incredibly loyal niche audience. Um, I'm curious about them too. Like, I would love to to have somebody sit down and explain what's fun about them because they don't seem fun to me. But I don't mean that in a dismissive way. I just think I I probably not get that. Yeah, I mean it. It always seemed like flight simulators. Like, let's simulate this trip across a continent, except in real time. Mm-hmm. And so that, I, like, I I can I can see the appeal of it in one sense, but on the other sense, that just seems really stressful to me. <laughs> so, yeah, but well, you're stressed out by driving. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Driving stress simulator. <laughs> this end up like how do I get stuck on the top of a mountain? Does this thing like, go in reverse? <laughs> the only thing I would want to I would play a like Euro Truck Simulator if like I could see it being very fun for emergent play if it was co-op and like even more than just crashing into each other or racing. Like I could see it just being fun like doing a driving thing where you're driving with your buddy and you can talk on a CB. Like I could see that being pretty fun, but I think that they're not really co-op. I think that they're just you just hauling freight. Yeah. <laughs> on the on the CB simulator, do you have to end every sentence with "good buddy" or else you lose points? Um, over. <laughs> okay. Good buddy. You start every sentence with "good buddy" and then you end every sentence with "over." That's okay. the way that works. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I just <laughs> want to make sure. 
<laughs> it just it makes your truck flip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah ten, ten code, ten code Quizmaster flashcard. In his question, Sam mentioned Dynasty Warriors 8. Uh, I recently just picked up uh, Hyrule Warriors for the Wii U. Have either one of you played that? Yeah. I, I don't have a Wii U. I have a weird desire to play that game, though. Like, I kind of liked old Dynasty Warriors game, but I never followed them. Like, I played, like, Dynasty Warriors 2 or something like that, and I thought it was fun. Um, and I, I could get into, like, a fan service Zelda E version of that more than I could get into modern Zelda games probably. Right. <laughs> it's, it is definitely not a modern Zelda game. Yeah, I've not liked a Zelda game in a long time, but like I think I could get into like, you know, just punching stuff as characters I like, which is what it sounds like. Yeah. How is it? That's it's it's good. I, I've never played a Dynasty Warriors game, but that's all of the Zelda fan service stuff like. And, you know, you can just buy it right there on the damn console. So, like, I just caved <laughs> and just downloaded yeah. it digitally. And uh, it's good, but it's also kind of boring. Like, you're, I mean, it's just hundreds of dudes, and you're cutting them up, and the game is yelling at you to go cut some dudes up over there now. Like, and I can see how people get into it, but it's, it's not really my thing. So now I have, like, a $60 game sitting in my Wii that I, I can't do. <laughs> well, that digital, like thing like that's really dangerous. Like I very I didn't, but I very nearly impulse purchased uh, the 3DS Smash Brothers. Like I don't mm-hmm. play games against people. I don't like competitive games that much, but like I just wanted to like I just want to see all the guys and see all the stages and listen to all the music and look at all the trophies and just get my nostalgia button pushed. You know, mm-hmm. and like I wouldn't have done it in a store, but the fact that I was just kind of bored one night and could just download it if I wanted to. And then I ended up downloading the demo and, and save myself. Like I was like, oh this is fun, but I remember what this is. I don't you know but like I always get like those are all that's like the category of games I always play and go through once that most yeah. people like dedicate their life to and learn frame counts and shit like that and I just like no I just want to play against the computer and and look at some pictures and then I'm gonna go lay down I guess. From what I've heard though, so, the, that's super the, the 3DS version is the one to get though if you're not if you're not like crazy into competitive, just because they have a bunch of that like single player challenge kind of like oh this is character specific. Let's use your abilities to do this thing somebody mm-hmm. else can't do, kind of thing. Yeah, is there another version besides the 3DS version? The the Wii U version's not out yet, but it's coming out. Yeah, okay. but like it's explicitly it explicitly doesn't have those kind of like character buildy progressiony kind of things mm-hmm. um, that the, the the 3DS version has. And the 3DS version even uh, stepped them down from the Wii version, like with the subspace emissary thing, which like I kind of liked. Like I thought that was pretty pretty good, dumb fun. Um, you know, despite being yeah. ridiculous. But I did. Uh, yeah. I did due to due to downloads last night. I needed to take a break from Wasteland Two and Impulse purchase Lords of the Fallen, which I wanted to play anyway. But I bought it full price, which I don't like doing. But it was just like at home and like had some money and was just like ah, I want to play this thing, and then bought it and felt like an idiot. Not because it's bad, just because I bought a game full price on Impulse. Yeah, so, I watched your buddy uh, Murph Murphy stream yeah. that game for, for about an hour yesterday. Yeah, he yeah. really dislikes it. He, yeah, I'm, I'm like an hour in, and I don't, I don't dislike it. Like, I think it's probably gonna end up being like a fun game, without mm-hmm. being uh, anything that much more than that. Um, it does have that. Like, it's funny though that you bring up uh, what is it, Diablo? Diablo? How do you pronounce it? The uh, Diablo. The because it has that aesthetic. Like everything has big dumb spike armor and. Everything's like a you know creepy ghoul thing. Like the aesthetic is super over the top and like not at all subtle in an annoying way. Um, but I'm pretty. I'm like an hour into it. I haven't played very much. 
the yeah. combat feels pretty good. Like I, I still it feels it's feels different than Dark Souls, but it's still a dark fantasy with like considered combat, which was all I was really looking for. I like that they took a bunch of ideas from Dark Souls and they made them as bland as possible. So like the bloodstain mechanic is literally like when you go and collect your experience, it's like you retrieved your experience. <laughs> you can't come it, up with anything. It, like the, the name of it is not evocative, but the mechanics of it are cool. Like oh, this yeah? is awesome, yeah. Because you, um, the longer it takes for you to get back to your experience, like your souls or whatever, like decrease. So it's a race. Oh, really? Yeah, which is really cool because you know, you it's a real, real serious risk reward thing. And then if you don't pick up your souls, they'll act as like a healing crystal near there and heal you. So, like, if you died on a hard enemy, you can run back to it and you have the choice of picking up your souls that you lost or having this kind of, like, buff while you're fighting that hard enemy. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's some, like, really kind of, like, elegant mechanical things that it does that I like. Not that I think would be right for souls, but I just like on their own. You know, so, like, but evocative-wise, like, it is not, you know, does not capture the imagination at all. Um, Yeah, this is a crazy winter. So like, I'm finding myself. So this is the first, the first year that I've been like PC primary, like PC as my main, you know. And I've bought so few games at full price. So I feel like I'm dipping my toe into into Gary's world or Gary's outlook on those things. So like, but like, what that's resulted in is my Steam wish list now has a ton of full price games in it that I don't have any hope for dropping down to the price that I've been comfortable with. So like, ooh, Lords of the Fallen, Shadow of Mordor, Alien Isolation, Wasteland 2, Dragon Age, you know, Inquisition, like all of those. Like, this is a crazy, crazy winter and fall. They will, but they won't for winter. Like, right. Yeah. Like, all those games will be $33 before next summer. Like, it's going to be like six yeah. months, and then you'll be able to play them all for a reasonable price. So that. Yep. yep. You should totally play Shadows of Mordor, by the way. It's a... I, th- I think I think both of you would really dig that game. It's it's really cool. <clears throat> I like all of its constituent parts, mm-hmm. specifically Arkham and Assassin's Creed. So, yeah, I'm I'm interested in it. I just again have not have not bought it because of full priceness, but I will buy it on a sale. I'm sure. I just yeah. sent my copy back to Game Plus, so I didn't. I paid what like <laughs> bucks for it this month. <laughs> nice. Let's see here. Ah, oh. um. All right. Evan Noggle asks, have you guys spent any time with Spiderweb Software's PC RPGs? They seem like they'd be right up your alley considering your love of old D&D games. Also, odds are good you'll, uh, you all own Avedon the Black Fortress since it was in a bunch of humble bundles. Bundles humble. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm quickly looking up what, what, they, what they've published. So. Yeah, I, I know Spiderweb. Um, Spiderweb is great. Um, I have not got to the end of any of those games, but they're all installed because they're so small as like my you know, I'm going to eventually play all these games. Um, and I played I'm very far into Avedon and then got to a hard part and had to stop. Uh, but Avedon rules. Um, I like I like those games a lot. Um, and the story of that guy is really interesting. There's a Retronauts where uh, they interviewed him. Like he was on and I was really happy about that because he's just a like this weird cottage, one guy, it's a super small company, and he's just like, well, you know, PC games uh, attained perfection in, like, 1994, and they never need to evolve past that, and I'm just going to keep making really, really elaborate, you know, system-heavy, old-style computer RPGs. You know, and, and he's just done it, and they're really good. Like, they're really well-written. 
They really have really cool systems and stuff. They're awesome. Yeah. Um, if you haven't played Abaddon, I I don't have an iPad, but I know there's an iPad version. I thought that would get me to play more of it, because um, it would play really well on on iPad. It's like Baldur's Gate, except it turns into a grid based, like Final Fantasy style tactics combat. Nice. Very cool. I might have to check that out. <clears throat> I haven't I haven't seen or played any of those games, so I'm always on the hunt for new stuff. Yeah. Um, I think the the one that I've heard of that like I think I picked it up really really cheap on iPad was Avernum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but I didn't. Avernum and Gene Forge are the two, the two big series he has. I think. Okay. Huh. Yeah, that's really weird. You don't usually associate those big sprawling RPGs with like one, one man shops. Yeah, it's it's just like a duty. I mean, I know I think some other people work for him, but it's mostly just a guy. Yeah. And uh, it's real. We talked about it a bunch of times, but it's a real testament to like being able to do more with less, with this almost entirely like simple difference of um, voice dialogue. Like uh, they're not that different a game than than you know Wasteland Two or something like that. Like I mean, they are different, but you know Wasteland Two, I'm playing through. I'm like 30 hours into that now, and it's not so advanced as a game. It just has a lot of voice dialogue, and it, a, a stripped down version of that could come out of Spiderweb software, if it if just if it didn't have voices. Hmm. You know, it's such a huge expense, and and adds so much size to things. He's really passionate about demos. Um, like he's really passionate about like having really meaty like demos of the games that there are free that give you a really good taste of them. Hmm. So he's a really admirable guy. I can't remember his name is escaping me now. Which means uh, bad, Jeff Vogel. There we are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I I think I've had Avidon since like Humble Bundle three or whatever it is, mm-hmm. but. Um, if you graph the number of games that I have in my library, um, you there's the, there's a definite hockey stick before Humble Bundles and after Humble Bundles. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Huh. Cool. Uh, let us see here. Why don't we look at another one of Sam Bears? Um, have you guys had any good times with emergent gameplay, quote-unquote? Uh, to give an example that answers a question uh, that my last question raised, the goal of Euro Truck Simulator 2 is painting your truck hot pink, covering it in truck horns, and speeding through traffic cams. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I guess you, you, get the, you get the letter that's, that shows. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's great. So, so emergent gameplay, just stuff that happens because the system's interacting with each other, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. What do you What do you think, Jeremy? My most recent example is probably Shadows and Mordor to bring that up again. The uh, Nemesis AI system that they have in there is just, you know, when you when you hear about it, you kind of think, oh, it's just something kind of stupid. But the, uh, I mean, you get killed by an orc dude, and the next time you see him, he's like, hey, I thought I killed you, and he remembers you, and usually he's a little bit more beefed up. And if you happen to kill him and he runs away in the fight, he'll come back with scars on him with the same name. Um, it's it's super cool. Like, and the kind of systems. They all interplay with each other. So by the end of the game, you can have orcs that are under your control that you can have just completely backstab their own war chief captains. I mean, it's you can do some really interesting stuff. Well, what would be like something? I think that um, this is referencing more things like you're not supposed to do. Like those are all things that I remember reading. Oh, yeah. More like way into Shadow of the Mortar. This is like more like you doing things that are not the point of the game for fun. Hmm. <clears throat> yeah. I need a couple minutes to think about that one. I was thinking, <laughs> I guess you know. Uh, now I guess you're supposed to pretty much invade people in Dark Souls, so that's not a real good example either. Well, the the gimmick invading stuff that you do is a good example. 
Like, I would consider, like, that darkest stuff, like, that to be emergent gameplay. It's, like, mm. it borders on kind of just griefing, but it's also using systems of the game in ways that are not necessarily intended to be used. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty much griefing, which is good. Yeah, yeah and also, yeah, and also it's just rolling, too. <laughs> yeah, like, you're ruining somebody's day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's... Uh, I got an example. I can say an example to give everyone time to think. <laughs> um, and I think I mentioned this during an episode of Watch Out Fireballs, but uh, the first Tony, I think Tony Hawk 2, that came with a level editor, uh, me and my friends would make uh, jousting courts where it would just be rails that would go towards each other, like one long rail in the middle of a, uh, a, a map. And then you would you'd have your little pen. We'd build little pens for our skaters. And you'd have to get up enough speed to get out of the, the pen to get onto this rail, and then you would grind towards each other, and then whoever actually bailed when they hit lost. So we create this like Tony Hawk's Pro Jousting between <laughs> between the two of us, and then we got like slightly more elaborate. Like the walls of the area in the beginning would get higher, so like the person who was going faster would have an advantage. So the trick would be to get out of your starting pin as quickly as you can um, by gaining enough speed to actually get over the lip, and then if you got out first and got on the rail a little bit before the other person did. You'd be you'd have more speed and you'd be able to uh, knock the other person off. Um, so it was super fun. Yeah. Um, you can also do um, in Tony Hawk the uh, the outside corner piece. So if you're going to have a uh, a curved wall, if you put four of those outside corner pieces together, it creates just kind of a spike in the in the middle of the thing. But it counts as four corners. So if you grind on it, you just spin really really fast. <laughs> and we would do um, one end would be flat, the other end would be flat, and then we would put those um, punji pits and then those spikes and the trick would be to get on the one of the spikes where you spin really fast and then transfer onto another one and kind of skip across the map to get to the other side safely without falling in the spikes um, which is really really hard but when you pull it off it's really cool yeah so, that map editor ruled like I love the Tony Hawk <laughs> build a park thing that that was new in two right because I remember doing that yeah. on the Dreamcast yeah yeah, so used up a whole VMU on that. Yeah, yeah. good stuff. Um, in a similar vein, just kind of like taking a multiplayer game and modifying it, Mario Kart. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, after the SNES one, it became really hard to do this, but um, actually like setting up like trap or turret races. So it'd be, um, you know, in a four-player Mario Kart, I think we did this most on the Wii because we played the most in college, having three people go ahead and like post up in a spot. And um, having the fourth person go, and then basically trying to beat the previous times of everybody else who had done that. So the people who were posted up, posted up would have like items, and like, okay, when you hit this, now you're you know being taken out by that. So it's just a matter of like setting up player-based obstacles to try and stop them from going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 We used to do very specific. Um, Soul Caliber was like a big thing in my friend group back in the day. And um, like we would play, we all had our special characters, and we would play for hours and hours and hours. But it got to the point where we were so good at the characters, just to give ourselves a challenge, we would create these. Like you have to play, you know, with like you can't use these two buttons, <laughs> and nobody can use like these two buttons to fight and things like that, just to give the game some new life. <clears throat> that was always pretty fun. Yeah. So if you were just doing to each other what Final Fantasy XII did to people who tried to play it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll turn on AI mode and just let it go. Yeah. <laughs> I've never done any of those. Like I've thought about that before for like those like single character challenge stuff, mm-hmm. or, like Final Fantasy Tactics or um, 
you know, more or less Final Fantasy games, just because I, I played a lot of those and know them really well. And it sounds fun to me. Like, I, I think that you could do it. Um, I was going to do Baldur's Gate with one character, which I know you can do, um, and then decide not to, and I decided to do the blog, because uh, it would close off a lot of content. But, um, yeah, I like that. I think that kind of counts as emerging gameplay, and I like that kind of stuff, too. Yeah. You know, and you I guess have, even... Uh, there was a LP of, oh, excuse me, I'm sorry. I was going to say, I guess like even Challenge Runs and Dark Souls would kind of count as such. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, you know, placing a restriction on yourself to get a gameplay experience that's not intended for the game. Yeah. But, sorry, sorry, what were you saying? I was just going to say that there was a Let's Play of Chrono Trigger on the Something Awful forums a while back where the guy managed to keep uh, Chrono at level one the entire game. And mm. he was like a... He's kind of an expert at the game. He played it several times a year, and just the whole LP was so well written, and like went to just a whole lot of depth. Every fight, every encounter was okay. This boss has the 27% chance to lead with this attack, so I'm going to do this, and all of the decisions he made to. Because apparently, it's pretty hard keeping that dude at you know level one. <laughs> yeah. it was pretty- That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, okay, I'm going to go play American Gladiator, except I'm going to hold this egg and it won't break the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's do one from the comments here. Uh, if you guys did a WAF-style miniseries covering all the games of a particular series, for example, all the Silent Hill games, which games would you want to cover? Uh, we, we've talked about this before. I think this is our retirement plan. <laughs> is to, right? Like, I mean, if we ever totally run out of stuff to do, is to do Final Fantasies. Yep. Like, all right. Like, we'll do the Crystal Chronicles, and that'll be our podcast that just goes in order of all the Final Fantasy games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is the, uh, <laughs> that's like the Lazarus Protocol. Uh, yeah. Like, once, all, like once everybody from, from software, like, gets in a horrible plane crash. Yeah. Uh, God forbid. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's, our, it's our whatever we would need to live on Patreon stretch goal. Yep. If we could dedicate, like, just make podcasting our full-time jobs and playing video games, or like that podcast is like a you know ten thousand dollars stretch goal or something like that, yeah, just because the uh, it would like those games are long. Yeah, it would it would need to be more than ten thousand dollars. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, it'd be it would be it would be a lot. So the um, I don't, I don't need to be too like I, we don't have to actually discuss the economics of it. But I'm just trying to like what would be a reasonable like that split between the two of us is still a lot of money. Um, but the uh. And we would, um, yeah. So, and it would be like, each episode wouldn't be like Final Fantasy 1. This is the episode. Like, we'd, you know, be a couple yeah. episodes on each entry um, yeah. and just take our time, mm-hmm. go through Final Fantasy's in order. And that'd be fun. Like, I would love to see how that series evolves in a really detailed way and same way that we do with uh, Bonfire Side Chat and stuff. I'd really yeah. like that. Yeah, I agree, I, I agree with you. Like, it's, it's funny, though, for as much as we have, like, just general like mild disdain for JRPGs that that still continues to bubble up to the top of the list because I feel I feel the same the same the same way honestly like that would be you know I would like to you know throw in like special one off episodes about the spinoffs like once those start happening oh like, sure like, yeah I mean I think we would we would just do anything with the brand you yeah. know like it, it could perpetuate itself longer than than bonfires I chat probably like if we you know started literally doing Crystal Chronicles and shit tactics games <laughs> all the bravest yeah. And get all, all the lore of tapping. That stupid fucking game. Um, but, and like the other thing about it too, like the other things that we've thought about that before, um, is that we we kind of came up with other things to cover it. So like Silent Hill would be fun to do, but then Cole is doing Hex Crank, so we've kind of got that covered. And like yeah, I would love yeah. to do, you know, all of the uh, like all the like the Fallout series in that way, but we've got I've got that covered. 
on yeah. another kind of blog thing. So like we're trying to find ways to do that without actually having to to do it because it's such a time commitment. Yeah. Definitely, especially concurrently finding time for both of us to play through those things. Like when we get a big, when we get any kind of big, massive game like that, we have to make other considerations outside of it, yeah. just to you know, just to just to go with it. Um, yeah, um, I think like the like so the, we're closest to covering all of Shadowrun, right? Like we've done pretty much all of Shadowrun except that Sega CD game, right? Yeah, yeah, I think we we have covered every every American Shadowrun release on the network. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's cool. Um, what, what if we didn't couldn't do Final Fantasy? What would be another thing that's not covered by either of the blogs? Um, one that always pops up, and that whenever we play a game about it, I feel this way um, is uh, Metal Gear. <clears throat> that like that wouldn't be an especially like long running kind of thing. Like we could probably get maybe a year or so of content out of it. But um, but yeah, I've been wanting to, wanting to do a dive on that uh, for a while, especially the earlier games which I haven't really played. Yeah. Uh, yeah, or we could do it like chronologically through the series, like after uh, Phantom Pain comes out. It's like, oh, like let's see if this timeline makes any goddamn lick of sense, which we know yeah. it won't. But yeah, that would be. Re- I mean, pretty much any like long-running franchise that would be a really awesome. You know, again, like ten ten thousand dollar Patreon goal. Like, definitely, that's all we do is do podcast stuff and play video games. Like, because I w- I could see that being fun. Like, that would be really fun. I could see even being fun to go through like to go through Zelda games. You know, mm-hmm. like I don't like the later Zelda games, but I'd love to talk about why not for a couple of hours. <laughs> you know, or even just like, yeah, like yeah, exactly. Like I would love to, I would love to dissect that shit. Or even just like something like you know, like the Mario games, like with the spinoffs and stuff, and just really look at the uh, you know evolution of something in a really slow way. Sounds really fun. Yeah. Um, I was thinking yeah. that when you guys were talking about Final Fantasy, I was thinking about the Dragon Warrior games. Um, oh, sure. The first one, I think I got a copy of it with my subscription to Nintendo Power or something, like something weird. Um, and that was my first exposure to RPG games. And then later I played Dragon Quest VIII on the PS2, hundreds and hundreds of hours into that game, um, but never played any of them in between. So <laughs> I'd be curious to see how it got from one to eight in that ten years. <clears throat> it's so weird, though, because like, that series would lend itself much worse to this idea just because there's been less evolution. And mm-hmm. I, I say that as like a fan of those games, but kind of their their niche is that like Dragon Quest VIII plays a lot like Dragon Quest One, you know, like they don't uh, like out of the if you look at Final Fantasy and look at Dragon Quest, Final Fantasy is the experimental series and Dragon Quest is the like evolution, like that's evolution versus revolution series, mm-hmm. because uh, you know Dragon Quest VIII like the the kind of like back to you know camera behind where your character would be, you know, group of enemies in front of you, choose your yeah. list of some attack groups, some don't. Like that's been in place for a really long time in that series. Um, they just they don't move that much. They do some interesting things with systems in like the middle of the series. There's some like generations and stuff like that. And they do some you know weird like odd protagonists, mm-hmm. which is really cool. But they don't do very much with the systems. Like the system kind of remains the same up until nine, I think. And then nine is is different. Yeah, nine is the one that's like an MMO made for the Japanese subway, right? Yeah. Yeah. That does sound different than eight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I love Dragon Quest Eight. Like, I don't know if I could, if I have the time to like put a replay into it. But I love that game when I played it. I've got the controller, like that cute little slime controller up here. I think I came with number seven, but yeah, um, seven, seven's really good too. I, I had a lot of fun with that when I was when I was little. That's still, I think, the most valuable game I own. Yeah. 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 
I don't know. How about like so? So so is, is that your answer, Jeremy? <laughs> like that's probably what I would go with. Um, yeah. I've also never touched the Metal Gear series, so I'd, I'd be interested in playing that from the beginning. Um, I say with my PS4 and like played the first ten minutes, was like, what? What is going on? I have no clue and just stopped. <laughs> gave up. <laughs> um, so I'd like to go through the Metal Gear series, and then um, I have only played Resident Evil Four, uh, so mm-hmm. I've never seen like one, two, and three. And uh, I have a special affinity for that series because when I worked at Babbage's, people would always call up and ask for Residential Evil. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I want to go back and play 1, 2, and 3. Um, I think they're big to re-release 1 in some weird, crazy way, so I'm going to be interested to check that out. Yeah, you should hop on that when it comes out, especially if you have a PS4. Yeah, and that's the one you should start with because if you, if you gain some goodwill for that kind of the old control scheme and stuff, Playing uh, playing two and three will be easier. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, um, Martin Pizanchin <clears throat> writes in to ask, "Apologies if you if you answered this on an earlier live show, but do you have any guilty gaming pleasures that you know to be objectively bad? My weakness when I had a 360 was Prototype. I knew it was a bad game. Those boss battles, but damn it, just being a total dick to the people around you was such a fun time. Uh, climb buildings, swoop down, explode the streets, smack some people out, eat a person, uh, then nonchalantly walk off." The game was a bit of a turd, but the sandbox kept bringing me back. Yeah, I mean, I think we have answered that before. We can answer it again. And Jeremy hasn't answered it. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you think, Jeremy? What's your guilty, guilty pleasure game? Oh, man. Um, you guys remember Hexic? For the 360? Is that the no. one that a Tetris guy Maybe. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a dumb little game, and I I just could not stop myself from playing it. Like I'm talking hours and hours and hours of making the little things, and I mean I, I don't I don't know why I got so attached to a little drop you know, stuff drops from the top of the screen kind of game, but that was my one. And I, it's not a very good game. Uh, the music was so bad, I ended up seven like podcasts and stuff over it, um, but I just couldn't stop playing it when I got my 360 for the first time. When you first saw that, I thought you said Hexen. <laughs> oh, no. I love Hexen. We can talk about Hexen. Yeah, like, Hexen's good, but, like, if that was your guilty pleasure, like, every once in a while I just do a run-through of Hexen. Like, oh. <laughs> All right. Cool. Tell me more. I have more guilty pleasure um, TV shows than I do video games, uh, strictly because I, for whatever reason, I can watch bad movies and bad TV shows all day long, but... If I get to a situation where I'm playing a bad game, I just put it down. Like I just, I can't make my, force my way through it. Yeah. <clears throat> it requires more work by definition. You can't passively play a bad game. Like you almost can, but you can never strictly passively play a bad game. Yeah, you can't just have to play it. Yeah. Huh. Like what? Like what would you consider to be a guilty pleasure TV show? I was just curious. Um. Man, I'm so into these superhero TV shows. <laughs> and um, a lot of them are actually really good. It's, it's hard to call it a guilty pleasure, but, uh, you know, telling, like, people that I work with that I watch Arrow or The Flash or explaining what Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is, like, that's... I mean, I watch all that stuff, and I just love it. <clears throat> I could watch... Them. To, to varying degrees, those are all supposed to be pretty good. Like, I thought... Like, yeah. I know that you said that, too, but, like, I'm interested in those. The only reason why I don't watch those is because I don't, like, watch a whole lot of TV, but they sound cool to me, and I like superheroes a lot, so... It's it's interesting. They, uh, I mean, Marvel is obviously investing pretty big in their whole thing. So like having 
stuff that happened in Captain America 2 when it was released and have it have a direct impact on the plot of the next episode of The Shield a week later was pretty cool. Like just seeing that stuff interact in real time like that. <clears throat> but then also like I watch stuff like The Good Wife. <laughs> like I just like just dramatic TV shows, man. I just can't stop. Yeah. Back back in the day, like I have a, a you know, if I'm traveling, if I'm in a hotel or if I'm back home at my mom's house, I all watch any cooking reality show. Um, it's a competition, and those are all uniformly terrible. There was like one we watched um, last time. I ended up watching like seven episodes when I was in Illinois last, where they would set like they would give you restrictions, like and you could you would buy them and then you could inflict them on people. So it'd be like, okay, you know, you have to make this pulled pork, but instead of pork, you know, instead of like fresh good pig, you have a whole pig that you have to slaughter, you know, or like. You don't. The only utensil you can use are like those claws that pull up pulled pork, and that's the only thing you can use for everything. You know, so you would these like restrictions on people, and uh, and you'd have to like bid for them. Like it was really pretty compelling, you know. But then the, and then the people are scum because it's reality TV. So like you hate all of the people, you hate the host, you hate the people through the commercial. But like the actual concept of like oh you have to do this cooking thing, but like. What what is it? One of them instead of like you had you had to make peanut sauce, but instead of giving you uh, peanuts or peanut butter, you had like PC or Reese's pieces or like peanut butter cups. It's like things like that. Like you, know, you like you you know instead of uh, uh, fruit and peanut butter for this thing, you get a big thing of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Like yeah, and you have to use the whole sandwich. Like it's just crazy. So that that's a cool story. I can't remember the name of it, but that was guilt. Like I was like, this is trash. I love it. So. <laughs> Yeah. What about oh. y'all? I've never heard y'all answer your guilty pleasure gaming stuff. I'll go. Um, yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and throw in, and this this might just be how I feel right now because I just got finished playing at visual novel games. Actually, um, I I'm wrapping up Phoenix Wright Dual Destinies uh, just because I wanted to play something on my 3ds uh, pretty passively in bed, and um, and yeah, uh, I can totally eyes wide open, see all the flaws in that series and, you know, that genre to, you know, to a pretty large extent, but I still really kind of fall into them as this, you know, let's just say like interactive comic book that has uh, a little bit of puzzle and paying attention elements to it, um, regardless of if it's, you know, nine hours, nine persons, nine doors or, you know, hotel desk or, you know, what have you. Like, there are probably much better uses of my time, but I still really like those. So, yeah, that would probably be my answer. Um, I think last time, the thing, like, I, I have a, um, I don't actually, like, we, we, you mentioned it earlier, like, I tend not to like Diablo likes um, in, in general, specifically Diablo games. Like, I, I will beat the single-player campaign of, like, I beat Torchlight 2, and I was like, okay, I beat Torchlight 2, and then put it down. Um, but when we did um, X-Men Legends for the show, like, I like those games a lot. I'll play those. I was really happy at Portland Retro Gaming Expo. Um, I picked up a copy of Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance, which, like, I wanted to cover for the blog anyway, but also, like, those are dumb games. Like, it is just going through and punching stuff. Like, they're, like, beat-em-ups. You know, I guess arcade beat-em-ups would be an answer, too. Mm-hmm. Like, if I'm in an arcade, I'll sit down and put, like, $4 into beating The Simpsons with some strangers or Ninja Turtles or X-Men. And those are, you know, not good games. Like, I like them a lot, but they're, you know, just quarter-stealing quarter, quarter stealing butt mashers. Quarter-suckers, yeah, that's, that's all they were meant for. But there's, they do have their own charm to them, just like the old Avengers-style game. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. Kind of I, I love Captain America and the Avengers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. It's it's really good. Um, have any of you guys played that Spider-Man beat-em-up? No. It's really weird. Like, it, it's it's super strange. Like, it's like you're, the four characters are Spider-Man, uh, Black Cat, Hawkeye, and Namor. And then it has this <laughs> thing to, like, who? <laughs> it's the rest. And then uh, has this weird thing where, like, it's half closed up, like, super close up with a beat-up with these very, like, tall, lanky characters. It's really strange. And then every once in a while it zooms way out, and it, you have this, like, little tiny character, and you're, like, doing platforming and stuff. It's an arcade game. It's really strange. Um, I think it might just be called Spider-Man. But hmm. like, it's little what era was this? Um, like early '90s, late '80s. Okay. Yeah. The uh, the, the Captain America and the Avenger game, Avengers game. I, forgive me if I've told this story before. Was uh, that 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 was a, a a vital instrument and an important life lesson for me. So when I was a kid, my dad would take me and my brother to a place called Laser Arcade that was in the local mall. And Chris would go over to one side and play all the ticket games, and I would take all my tokens and go over to the other side um, and play all of the, uh, you know, non-ticket games, right? And I sunk an entire night's worth of quarters into Captain America and the Avengers. Just like, oh my gosh, I love this. I'm playing as Iron Man. Great. Um, and then at the end of the night, Chris had a bunch of like, oh, here's Tootsie Rolls and mustache combs. And I didn't have anything. And I was upset. And it's like, well, no, you chose which game to play. And one gets you one kind of thing, and another gets you another kind of thing. Yeah. Well, in, yeah. but in, in time will tell that you were right because it's good to spend money on experiences and bad to spend money on things. Agreed. Avengers, <laughs> and he just got a bunch of garbage to throw away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, as like a Marvel dork, like the Captain America and the Avengers game is crazy because of all the weird C tier villains. Oh yeah. Like it, like it was like whirlwinds, time to shine. You know, like that guy doesn't. But, you know, the Weather Wizard. What are you talking about? Like, that guy doesn't get screen time. I forget yeah. what mechanism they used to make Hawkeye fly in that game. Because they had the flying levels, and I don't know what he did. I forget. It was um, like a little little uh, jet uh, scooter thing. Mm. And that's actually from the comics. That's like a... Because the action figure for Hawkeye came with one of those as well. And then I looked it up. It's like when he was in the West Coast Avengers, he had this little flying motorcycle. Hmm. Okay. West Coast Avengers, because we're just having too many supervillain problems, y'all. We need yeah, to be exactly. a team. Yeah, exactly. It's a bit more laid back. We have our own speed out here on the left yeah. coast, right? <laughs> it's a little bit wacky. It's a little bit Portland. It's yeah. <laughs> if you want some uh, some serious C-tier Avengers villains, the uh, there's a cartoon that came out within the last few years. It's on Netflix. Uh, I think it's Avengers... A symbol or something like that. Just Google the search Avengers on Netflix, and man, it is some. I mean, like some weird, like Gravity Man, <laughs> like oh, yeah. things like just yeah, just like really bad. And I mean, the comic, the cartoon is actually really good. Another one of those guilty pleasures. But uh, I, yeah, man, uh, they have some serious C tier villains. It's a lot of fun to watch. Gravity Man makes it sound like they're trying to see if they can get sued by Capcom or not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got, or the other way around, probably. No. Like, Gravity Man is probably like a 70s Avengers oh, yeah. standby. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Nice. Uh, let's see here. <clears throat> Brett Buradell, 
uh, writes in asking, Gary, I've also returned to school as an older dude. Is there a class you've taken that you found particularly frustrating because of your age? I'm taking a biomedical ethics class that's killing me. Taking philosophy with 19-year-olds is not as fun as it sounds. Um, yes. Yeah, the, uh, all of them. But, I mean, that's not quite true, but like, I'm in a science class right now, and it is like an intro-level college science class, um, which I want to say that I'm smarter than, but also I haven't done science since I was 17. So it has been like 20 years since I thought about science, because um, I don't, you know, I never use it in real life. And uh, since it's an intro-level science class, it is just full of like super, super young, young guys. Um, so like on one side, the really frustrating is like I, I keep tweeting around them. They're the Beef Boy Jabberjocks, and there's like seven of them. And all of them, if you put all their necks together, like, it would be, like, a water tower of neck. Like, it's just, like, the thickest muscle boys just sitting around grunting at each other. They all live in, like, a house together. And then, for some reason, they're always talking about the Bible, which is very funny. Like, one of them is just like, yeah, dude, Revelations. <laughs> what kind of conversation did I miss? Um, so it's, like, Christian, Christian meat hunks um, over there. And those guys are annoying just because of, you know, they're annoying. But the other, I find that other non-traditional students who are idiots are worse. Like, people who are older than me are bad because, like, there's, like, this old dude who's just, like, constantly just, like, I don't even have a Facebook, you know, just, like, saying it to whoever will listen. <laughs> you know, like, like, what is all this stuff? And, it's like, that's, you know, you're not in a sitcom. You didn't just get unfrozen from time, and this is, like, the seventh time the class has met. Shut up. And just We all have to endure this. It's dumb. Let's just get through it quietly until it's over. Like. <laughs> and it's just really, really frustrating. Um, I was, like, in a group with that guy, and, like, uh, we split up, and it was, like, me and Halitosis Boy, and we were on one side, and we did great, and then him and two uh, young ladies who I have a lot of sympathy for, and we had to meet in the middle, like, measuring these trees in this park block thing, and we got all the way to where they were, where they were on the second tree, which is crazy, because we're just measuring it with a tape measure. And I knew it was because of that guy. <laughs> like, just, you know, I, I don't even know what's going on. I just... I, this is all beyond me. Like, just shut up and listen for a second, and it won't be. God damn it, you know. Um, so that that's been my experience with that. Yeah, shut up and listen is uh, advice that is never heeded, especially yeah. in a college classroom. Yeah, I mean, it's like it, it it is lame. Like, I'm sympathetic to these people who are sitting around loudly declaring that it is lame. It is yeah. lame. Like, it is it is lame. As we discussed, like people giving you homework, it's lame. We can all agree homework is lame. Um, but the, uh, <laughs> there's nothing to do about it. Like, you opted in. So yeah. just know it's first you be here. Just shut up and just take it, you know? That's just, just endure. And then endure growing strong. So. <laughs> God, any kind of ethics class. So I've, I've never, I've, I've not in this position uh, yet, yet anyway. But um, I just remember my last quarter taking just modern ethics or something like that, just like ethics in modern situations in order to fulfill a to fulfill a credit requirement. And the sense that I got was in any class that has anything to do with ethics or philosophy or whatever, there's always going to be the person that sits up in the front of the room who thinks that they're going to change everybody's mind about abortion. Mm. And that 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 seems to me to be to be to be one of the primary pitfalls. Of, of of anything in that in that realm of study, which seems useful, seems you know important for individual consciousness, but man, oh man, is it hard to be in a room with that person? I, I took an ethics class at like when I was age appropriate, and it was still awful, or like not ethics, I'm sorry, philosophy class, um, mm -hmm. because like any kind of like 
I don't know. I just don't want to be around people. I want to learn philosophy, but I want it to be like a one-on-one relationship between me and the tech <laughs> or the teacher or something like that. I don't want to learn from my peers. Like, I don't feel like there's anything I can learn from them. You know? Yeah. So, that class had a guy who, um, it was right when the Star Wars prequels came out, and compared everything to the Force. Like, when we were talking about God, he compared it to the Force. He was talking about, um, like, general, like, you know, cosmetology and, like, just kind of, like, the idea of, you know, everything. And he just kept, like, bringing up the Force. Um, and, like, shut up, buddy. <laughs> like, yeah. this isn't going well for you. And if it was two years earlier, he'd be talking about the Matrix. Totally. Totally. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Oh, Jeremy? Oh, no. Oh, we lost Jeremy. Yeah, Jeremy's internet bleeped. Uh, sorry, folks. That's Google Plus. Google Plus for you. Yeah. Let's see here. Uh, Jeremy, let's get you back. Son. Cool. Yeah. Uh, while he's away, should we remind everybody of Duckstream? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, on November 21st into the 22nd, uh, starting at 6 p.m. Uh, Pacific time and running to 6 p.m. Pacific time, uh, you know, on Saturday, uh, we're going to be doing um, a live streaming event in order to benefit the uh, the uh, Transactive Gender Center from uh, from Portland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're going to do that in place of our live stream this live stream next month. So, right now, you privilege few who get to watch this because you're a Patreon backers. Everyone will be able to look at that live stream. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we just don't have the bandwidth to do, you know, that's going to require a lot of planning, so yeah. that's going to be how that is. But, um, yeah, it's going to be really fun. We're going to play games. Uh, doing the first shift is Portland Branch, second shift is Cincinnati Branch, mm-hmm. and uh, we're going to be doing a bunch of multiplayer stuff the first night, and then Cole's going to play a game in its entirety the second day, and yeah. probably a little bit. Like, do you think that game takes 12 hours to beat, or do you think it's going to no, be... No. Um... Yeah. So my, my plan, um, as long as as long as the order the the copy that I ordered gets here and is in good shape, um, I'm going to be playing through Haunting Ground, which is a nine hour game, uh, mm-hmm. which puts us right up against when um, when David and Dennis are going to be able to show up. Um, oh, and cool. we're, we're we're working out uh, some multiplayer co op stuff to finish out the night strong. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So everybody should tune into that. If you go to duckfeed.tv forward slash duckstream, um, you can check that out. You can donate. Um, it's a super good cause. And we want to, uh, you know, I would really like it if we, you know, really kind of blew them away with this. So it's yep. the first time we tried it, and I really like it if everybody came out and did good stuff. So Yeah, and if it ends up being successful, we'll probably start planning more of them. Yeah. <clears throat> Jeremy, any <laughs> any any uh, college class experiences you want to share? Welcome back, by the way. Um, thanks. I'm sorry, my internet kind of bleeped out there. I don't know what happened. Um I didn't actually go to college. I skipped college and went straight into the workforce. Uh, but a large portion of my job over the last 10 years have been, has been explaining really basic software to complete and utter idiots. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, the first group of people were uh, cosmetologists. So I was training hairdressers and how to you know, use software, which not not a good mix on a, a majority of the time. Um, and then now it's all guys who work at... Uh, like water systems. I teach them how to use like our radio read meter products. Those guys. Oh man. Those guys. Water boys. Uh, they're no. all super good guys, but you know, they're just not a whole lot of experience using a mouse and a keyboard. So Yeah. <laughs> it's always well, interesting. Cards is what we like to call those people. <laughs> <laughs> Still overlap. Yeah. 
Uh, let's see here. I shouldn't use the suffix tard. I know, I'm sorry, guys. Oh. Yeah. We all make mistakes. It's cool. Yeah, that's where pencils have erasers. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Brad Carey writes in, uh, were there any games that were close to making the cut for the Wolf episodes? Watch out for Lens Fair. <laughs> or other episodes that you guys think you would do if there were more Wolf episodes? Yeah. Next question. I mean... Uh, <laughs> I think the closest thing we were closest to doing was um, Arkham City, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that, and that was not a cool... Oh, go ahead, what? I was saying, what, what is Watch Out for Lens Flare? I don't, I don't... I must have come on board after this. Oh, um, um, you, you're probably... We did um, some new games during the last year as part oh, of okay. our uh, Kickstarter thing. So they were episodes that you probably heard, but we just, we just call them something different because... Um, <laughs> works. So... Yeah. So gotcha. it was like part of Operation Wolf back before, back before the Xbox One and PS4 came out, where it was like, oh, we would love to play and talk about these Xbox 360 or PS3 games, um, hmm. but uh, it's not theme appropriate for the show. Um, so we did like Dishonored and uh, Deadly Premonition. Uh, oh man, what were the other ones? Scary. Protocol and Crackdown. Okay, cool, cool. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, we we got pretty close to doing um, oh, Arkham City and Bioshock too. Maybe Bioshock or Crackdown didn't count. Yeah, Bioshock didn't count, I don't think. Okay. Or, no, Crackdown didn't count because that was after we decided Xbox 360 uh, was yeah. fair play. Um, yeah. I always get a little bit embarrassed whenever I get into situations where I have to qualify what we consider retro. <laughs> <laughs> What's real retro, guys? What's real retro? It doesn't matter. Like, I mean, I'm, not, I'm, not saying I'm saying that to anybody who would actually call us out on it. It's funny, too, because I would explain, like, when we met people at PRG, PRG and someone would say, like, how old do you guys go back? Like, you guys do, like, you know, like in television? Like, usually, like, an older dude. Yeah. And I'd be like, no, you know, sometimes it's, like, Xbox 3, like, sometimes it's a game that came out, you know, seven years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but that's still, that's still pretty retro. Seven years is a long time. Yeah. Well, like, like, we had people at the show scoff at us for including Super Nintendo in retro, so yeah. it's really hard to, like, take that under advisement, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, but there's a certain class of people who you're never going to satisfy if you talk about anything besides Donkey Kong. Yeah. Yeah, so. and and Fire Spectrex and. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> what, what else? Um, almost made it into our new game series. Uh, Red Red Dead Redemption, I remember, was one that people asked for. Mm-hmm. Um, Amnesia uh, was pretty close. Um, I yeah. think we decided to uh, to go with Deadly Premonition on, over that for horror. Um, yeah. Actually, I can look at the list. <laughs> yeah, there aren't that many more that got uh, considered, though. Like that's that's close to most of yeah, them. Yeah, people. Close, so. Yeah, yeah, people people requested a, like a, just only a handful of them. Um, what um, like what other would... ones like more you know more recent like. Good, sir. I was gonna say, well, the, like if you want to say like the second part of the question, like what's something new that you'd want to do. That's really tough. So, like, I would like to. Mm, so we did Last of Us on on a, as a bonus level, and we also did uh, Bioshock Infinite. Those were like the big games of uh, of 2013, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like my, have you my done any uh, Mass Effect games? Yeah, we, we 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 really haven't done them though. I don't know if I would want to put Gary through that. <laughs> Because I, because I know he's, I know he's not a fan. So I gave it a shot. You did. Okay. Thirteen hours is a long time to put into something. But 
It is, yeah, and and that's then and that's why it's not an issue all fours. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like every like history history is is panning out and showing that two is really the only really good one in the in the series. So that's it's a little bit of a bummer that you didn't get to that, but I can to, I can totally understand not getting there. Like I think it it'd be interesting to talk about. Yeah. It could still happen someday. Like I, like it took me you know four tries to get through Dragon Age and I eventually got through it. So yeah. Dragon Age Origins. Mm-hmm. Um, so it could still happen. Um, it's hard it's hard to say what would be like something new that I want to because usually the stuff we you know we do get a chance to talk about it or if it's like indie space I'll talk about it with Nick, mm-hmm. uh, Comrade. And then we did um, Walking Dead. Like I've talked about the Walking Dead a lot, which is like something I really want to talk about. Mm-hmm. We did that bonus level and then. Um, by like not by the time this comes out, but shortly, like I did a the short game guys. They did a episode of The Walking Dead that I did with them. Mm-hmm. And, like talked about The Walking Dead a lot. Um, yeah, it's hard to think of like big kind of AAA games that I'm like because it's mostly because it's just that's not really my space. Um, yeah. You know, so that that's more what's at play for me. Um, mm-hmm. I would love to talk about um, the like 3D Fallout's at some point. I have a yeah. lot of affection. Fallout Three and New Vegas. Dennis, Dennis was uh, Dennis from the level was rallying really hard for those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, looking at the looking more at the list here, Call of Duty Four Modern Warfare, I think would oh, be yeah. a, would be a really good one to do as well. Oh wait, like, we did I, the bonus level on Spec Ops: The Line too, which is another like I just forgot yeah. about that. But pretty much every everything. I mean, I would have liked to. I got to The Last of Us late. I would like to have a chance to talk about that game, but I'm just glad it's covered on the network. Like even if I didn't get a chance yeah. to. Yep, and then um, La Noir was another one. Like I I push I push for that one early, uh, before you know just the consideration with anything like that though is adventure game glut. So, yeah, and think, and Noir is like the adventure game parts are super cool, but then you also have to deal with a bunch of dumb shooting. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. I still think there's there there's a lot to talk about with that one though. There is like like the parts that it does I like that game like the parts that it does well does well mm-hmm. like it's actually now that I think about it, it's probably like my one of my favorite Rockstar games like given that like I'm not a big fan of Rockstar so mm-hmm. much like that and probably I'm way into. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Let's see here. Like, like Jeremy, is there like a so? So you have a PS4. Like, is there anything mm-hmm. like really good that's come out over the past year that you played? Like, that is a qualified next gen, like really good thing that you think would like bear the treatment that we give it? Other than uh, Shadows of Mordor. Other than what? Shadows of Mordor. <laughs> have y'all played Diablo three? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there's there's not um. A whole lot of like AAA next gen games that are kind of unique to the PS4 at this point. It's um it's a lot of indie games that we're getting through PS Plus and stuff like that. I'm sit- I was sitting here trying to think like Killzone was kind of trash. That wasn't very much fun. Um, this Drive Club game doesn't look like it's going to be setting the world on fire as far as racing games go. Um, I mean, just not. They re released Last of Us on PS4. You can play sixty you know sixty frames per second version of that. <laughs> Stalling um, for time, guys. What I would want to play um, that is like a new new game, and I just want to try it. I just want to play it. It doesn't necessarily need to be like bear the treatment. I actually just kind of wanted to bring this up to see if any of you guys have played the uh, the new Wolfenstein. Oh, yeah. I played that on the PS4, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. Is it any, how is it? It's really good. Like, it's, like, the shooting is phenomenal. You can dual-wield anything in the game. The... They somehow nail the over-the-top world of Wolfenstein and kind of make it interesting, um, mm-hmm. I mean, but, and ridiculous at the same time. They walk that real fine line in between. Um, 
and you get to play the original Wolfenstein during a dream sequence. So you know. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that, that bit in like a video review thing, and it, like it looks really fun. Like I I like the old old Wolfenstein games. Like it looked really really fun. So <laughs> it's definitely like a rental or like a ten dollar on sale type game. But I yeah I played through it and had a good time with it. Nice. Cool. Yeah, it's it's on my wish list. I'm really interested in it. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Let's do a let's do a quickie. Uh, just I'm curious about it. Uh, Brett Burradell asks, "Have any of you been listening to Serial, the podcast? If so, what do you like slash dislike about it? If not, never mind." Um, I know about it. I haven't been listening to it, but it's been recommended to me. Same thing. Um, are you guys familiar with it? I'm not at all. This is the spinoff of This American Life, right? That uh, their one lead producer, Julia Smith, I think, uh, broke off to uh, to do. Uh, that is more like dedicated, long form, like pursuing a single story over the course of multiple episodes, as opposed to picking mm-hmm. a theme and delivering a variety of stories on that theme. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds very interesting to me. I just haven't, um, like my you know my pod. I'm like at, you know, peak pod. Like I'm I'm saturated with pod stuff right now. Like, I just haven't picked it up yet. Um, and then I also, like, a lot of my walking around listening to podcast time, like, I put out the record, and a lot of that, for me, is, like, after I get things mixed, like, kind of sound good, I listen to the songs and do sequencing on headphones while walking around a lot. Mm-hmm. So that took up a lot of time, too, to figure out sequencing, which is dumb because it's a shuffle album, but, like, that's an old habit of yeah. mine. Yeah. I haven't listened to it. I'm curious about it. Like with any with any show like that, I want to bank up some episodes first. So it's probably getting about time where I'll feel comfortable diving into it. Yeah. My, my friend Zach, who recommended it to me, said that one of the things that's interesting about it is that since they are actually doing journalism and kind of figuring things out as you go, it doesn't feel like they're building towards some kind of big reveal. Mm-hmm. Like it feels more authentic than that, and you're, you feel much more immediate. It doesn't have the kind of trappings of like, you know, like when stories end up on This American Life, like they're really you know, storified, like they're very, you know, here's the hook and here's the payoff, like in ways that it feel, can sometimes feel very artificial. Um, that's like a big complaint I have about Radiolab, um, but it also comes up with This American Life as well. Um, and then part of that is that's what the show is, that's what they want to do, it's people doing their jobs, but it also can feel kind of fake, and this is supposed to not have that feeling to it, or to a much reduced extent. Nice. So that's interesting to me. Yeah. I'll probably throw it in, throw it into the list. Yeah. Um, let's do another one here um, from the comments here. Alan Del Rio asks, since it's a spooky Halloween live show, I want to ask you guys uh, whether you find that games are the best medium through which to experience horror. Uh, let me explain. Uh, I find that I never get scared by scary books. I get creeped out a bit, but never have a really visceral reaction. Movies are a bit better at producing this reaction in me. However, games have a massive effect on me. For example, uh, when I played through the first Resident Evil, it was with the sound down and other music uh, playing to distract me. Do either of you, do any of you, uh, have a game or games that you find particularly scary, and how do you rank games as a medium for being scary? What do you think, Jeremy? Um, I don't find game. <clears throat> excuse me. I don't find games that scary, to be honest with you. Um, I don't know if it's just something about your part of the action, so that buildup and the release of tension doesn't quite exist like it does in a movie or even like a TV show. Uh, so I've never, I just never, I don't get that kind of that tension that you know horror really wants to build. Um, I, 
it just ne never happens for me. I mean, I, I'm a sucker for jump scares. I like, you know, I like a good jump scare, and if you can get me to, ah, then, you know, good job. But uh, actual, like, real creeping horror, I, I don't get a lot out of things. So. I, I'd like to see one come and try, and I, I'm kind of curious about some of these indie horror games that I keep hearing about, but I, I just don't play stuff on PC, so I don't have access to them. Hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> what about y'all? I think I think games work great for horror. Um, you know, it's one of my favorite genres. Um, I think a big part of that is the interactivity um, and kind of the helplessness that they bring into it. So since disempowerment is such a huge part of any kind of horror game where they are restricting you in some kind of way or you're just so outmatched, um, there's kind of that base level uneasiness that, uh, you know, plays at the part of you that is really scared of failing in a game. Not like scared, but just kind of like, okay, there's this tension. What do I have to do to succeed? What do I have to do to make sure I don't, you know, kind of fuck myself? And that kind of primes you to be really open to, you know, any of the any of the rockier stuff that happens, like, you know, visually, aesthetically, uh, sound, you know, is, 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 is a huge deal. Um, so I think, I think, yeah, better than, you know, books or movies? I don't know, because I think that they do... They, they they do a very different things. Mm -hmm. So so yeah, it's hard for me to qualitatively rank one over the other. But I will say I've probably been more scared by games than I have by you know some of the scariest movies I've seen. I think. What are your, what is one of your scariest games? Just out of curiosity, or some of your scariest games? Uh, Amnesia is always going to rank up there, um, just in terms of um, just sheer like I need to step into the other room for a second. Um, Silent Hill 2, definitely. Um, Silent Hill 3, um, I think, has more scares per minute than Silent Hill 2 does. That's another one of those, like, I need to go into another room because they build it so much around kind of, like, set pieces and more um, kind of, like, intense, you know, display kind of things, whereas mm -hmm. Silent Hill 2 is more, you know, like, let's let's get you really good and unsettled. Um, you know, it's a, it's a bit more of a slow burn. Um, and then recently I've tried to make inroads into Five Nights at Freddy's and Outlast, and that has proven to be unsuccessful because I haven't been in a situation where, like, oh, I can actually sacrifice, you know, being a, you know, being able to sleep tonight in order to play this. Like, I tried playing the iPad version of Five Nights at Freddy's in my bed, and that was a terrible, terrible idea. Yeah. No. <laughs> the game is all about what exists just on the fringes of your view screen, anyway. Yep. So, like, being able to imagine just moving your iPad to the side and seeing anything. <laughs> Is not acceptable. Yeah, the, the, uh, um, I think I think game games scare. I don't know. I can't rank them objectively. Games scare me more than movies or books. Um, personally, just because I don't uh, movies, like I tend to slip into appreciation mode. Like I get into haunted house mode, and like my most common reaction when something really creepy is happening in a movie is to laugh. And it's the same thing that happens in haunted houses, and it's just the audacity of how good something is. Like, oh, yo, man, you know. And that's that's the reaction I have, and it is it is a fear kind of response, but it is a really you know pleasant one, you know. And uh, I've ne I've never been scared by a book, and I like horror books. Um, I can get unsettled, but I mostly comb them for ideas. Like again, I go into appreciation mode. Like I'm just like, oh, that's a good concept. Like that's a good concept, and that's you know that's what I get from it. I don't actually get afraid of it. Again, though, um, especially something that's like super immersive. Um, Partly because of the immediacy, like how close I am to it, I think. I do a lot of PC gaming, so like when I played Five Nights at Freddy's or Outlast, just the fact that I'm so close to everything, even just physically, makes a big difference. And then also, um, 
you know, you can pause a game, but, you know, a movie, um, I guess, like, the, the parts, the thing I respond to in games is the, the, the uh, contrast of control where, like, I can control what I'm looking at in a, in a game for large periods of it, and then when that control is taken away from me or something enters that space, it feels more jarring. Like, a movie is taking me on a, a journey, you know, um, but, like, something like Outlast, which does that thing where you have to slide between, um, you know, into narrow spaces, and when you do so, you look to the side, you can't actually see, you know, what's there. And then when you come out, sometimes there's creepy, unsettling things. And uh, that always, like, does it for me. Just because, like, I'm, like, so used to being able to look where I need to look, and then when that's taken away from me, the contrast is, like, really, really jarring. Hmm. Uh, like, that game is a really good haunted house with a dumb story. <laughs> um, but it has, it's, like, a, it is a good haunted house to go through. Yeah. Yeah, like, the, the, the best horror games are defined by what they take you. Yeah, and and yeah. I don't I don't think that game is as good as Amnesia. Amnesia is like really the gold standard for me, for her games. Like Amnesia is great, hmm. and and just like I you know it does everything right. I think. Wow. Yeah. I just got Alien Isolation um, in the mail this past week, oh, and I'm, I want to yeah, I'm very that. interested in because I've heard some really good stuff, and I'm a, like an alien nerd. Beside that, so uh, I'm hoping it's going to live up to the hype that I've heard about it. Yeah. Yeah, I really want to play that very, very badly. Me too. Yeah. Cool. I like being hunted. Except in for you're being hunted. Then I don't care for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think that qualifies a little bit as a horror game. It's a, it's more of a tension kind of thing. Yeah, there are there are horror elements to that. Like that game, like I mean, we don't need to go too tangenty because we've been recording for a while, but like we did in the most recent comrade, we did like a look back on the, you know, the game the years we've done, like what's age well, what's age poorly and stuff like that. And like the game does not age well for me. I don't think I like that game very much. But. Yeah. Let's see. Brad Carey asks a question that you might just have a very understandable answer of nope, not yet. Um, have you guys gotten around to playing a link between worlds yet? Nope. Yes, the first dungeon. Um, after I beat Phoenix Wright, that is uh, on the top of my 3DS pile. It's fantastic. I, I, I bought a 3D. Well, I say I bought one. My wife gave me one for Christmas. The Zelda themed. Um, oh, cool. Nice. Yeah, the whole thing. And um, yeah, it was. It's fantastic. It is a great game. I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah. I'm very excited to play it. It's 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 funny because Brad was on the uh, the link to the past episode and he was like, "Oh, you guys totally have to play. You're gonna have to." I'm like, "Yeah," and then I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah both, if I remember right, y'all both really liked Link to the Past on that episode. Is that right? Oh yeah. 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 It's... Link to the Past is one of my favorite games. Like the um, I want to play it. It's more like also for that game. Like when you when you play on PC, you get averse to buying things for full price, and Nintendo games never go down in price. So no. like it, like whenever I want to spend forty dollars on that experience is when I'll I'll get it, you know, yeah. or if I get some gift cards floating around. Yeah, that's the that, that's the bummer. Like Nintendo is the only the the only company that hasn't figured out that sales are a big part of their online store. Like mm-hmm. they're getting really good at making stuff available, but they don't have that churn of deals to actually like incentivize you looking at that as opposed to going and grabbing a used copy somewhere. Yeah, totally. Yeah, the hypothetical you, you know, yeah. Let's see here. And this is going to be the last question. Um, have you guys ever thought seriously about doing another show on the network that is not related to games? Gary, I remember you and Brayden had talked about doing a show about crappy music videos. Did I miss that? Um, I would love if Abject Suffering 
uh, branched out to cover shitty movies, etc., too, with the same suggestion format. The show is basically culture commentary anyway, with a little bit of games thrown in here and there. Jump to the, the jump to movies slash etc. Uh, doesn't seem to be that much of a stretch. Um. Yeah. Yes, we have, and it would just file that under the like the Crystal Chronicles stretched here goal for Patreon. Like, I would love to do another show. With that. We actually got like fairly far, far into. The, I won't say too much in case we ever do it, but we got fairly far into the planning phase of doing a TV-based uh, show. Um, and I kind of kiboshed it because I was like, I'm working going to, at the time, I was like working going to school full-time. Like, I just can't do this. Mm-hmm. And uh, our busyness has ebbed and flowed to where, like, now I think I would have a hard time with the bandwidth, and I think Cole would probably have a harder time than he would have at the time when he first brought yeah. it up. Um, so it is just literally just a bandwidth thing. Like, that is on the, the fantasy list for podcasting full-time. Yeah. Um, Yep. So, and that wasn't necessarily bad things. That was more just like a, a chance to talk about TV, but that was going to be really cool, and we had a, good, a format that we really liked. Um, so maybe yep. someday we'll do that. Yeah, it's in the back pocket. Yep. Um, For what it's worth, I would watch it, or listen to it, or read it, or however you decide to put it out in the world. <clears throat> yeah. Thanks. Thank you, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, Abject Suffering is great just because, like you said, it's not only nominally about the thing we say it's about, so it's a pretty... It's a pretty um, portable thing. I would worry that if we if we branched out to do like it's abject suffering, but but for movies, we'd end up burning cast, just because like there are only so many opinions or like personal anecdotes or stories you can have yeah. about yeah. a thing. So to like to to a certain extent, you can only have so many of those before you start robbing robbing Gary to pay Cole or robbing Cole to pay Gary, like the, the material. Yeah. If we wanted to do that, we would just have to roll other media into abject suffering. Yeah. Like it would just become abject suffering is about bad anything. You know. <laughs> as long as you know, as long as it doesn't take that long to consume. And, and we'd have to change the title to here, smell this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think abject suffering still fits for it. The, uh, it does. Hey, <laughs> you smell this. But yeah, we couldn't do a separate show that was like that. But we could roll it in if we ever got sick of the game format. But the game format's nice just because like one, um, you know, video games are popular and fun. But two, also like we control how long we play them. So if something's like totally unplayable, we can play it for ten minutes and then like then we can't do this. Yeah. Whereas like if it's a movie, you know, if we did every time we record, we had to watch three movies on top of it. That would add a lot of extra time. Yeah, to- so. totally would. Um, yeah. And we also like if you look at the master spreadsheet of suggestions. Like, we went from having three years of, you know, actionable content. Like, oh, here are three years' worth of games we could talk about doing an episode a week, and now we're up to five. Mm-hmm. Like, this is, this wow. is, like, the, that itself is such a, it's, 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 bad games are a completely non-depletable resource. Yeah. So, like, that's a, that, that is a very fertile, fertile ground, I think. Yeah. Not that, not that movies aren't, but just that we don't, there's no... Mother of invention for that, yeah. adding that kind mm-hmm. of thing to it. So, yeah. yeah, it would be fun. Like I think that like the uh, the way if we had to roll that in and just blue sky solutioneering, um, you know, we have that ten thousand dollar a month Patreon goal where <laughs> podcasting is full time. The um, it would almost I would want to roll something like that almost into an experience like this. Like if we did like a weekly like live show thing and then just like we had like oh we're gonna watch this movie and part of it's gonna be talking about this thing. You know, or we're gonna like watch this show and part of it's gonna be talking about this thing. Like it almost it could be rolled into something else. Having it just a separate problem or a project that's like this but for this, um, I don't think it would work as much. Yeah. Um, on the plus side, uh, teenager bag is totally still happening. 
Um, it has evolved a lot um, now that Brayton <laughs> lives in Portland, and we're just constantly goofing. And I think that people will like it. Um, I think it will be very similar to the pitch in that, like, it'll have a very small number of dedicated people who like it, and then eventually it'll run its course. Um, but it is a it is a very funny idea, and we're going to start recording this winter, I think, and and bank some episodes and stuff. I'm working on theme music and everything, but yeah, it, I'm we're both pretty excited about it. So nice. Yeah. Very cool. Still, still partly about old or bad music videos, <laughs> but also about like a lot of we didn't take anything away from it. We just added to it. So it's about a lot of things now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited about that. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Well, that that just about does it. Thank you, everybody who asked questions. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Jeremy. Yes. Thank you, Jeremy. Hey, thank you guys for having me. This has been a delight. Yeah. yeah. Where uh, where can people find you on the on the internet? The easiest way is to go to JG Greer, uh, G R E E R on Twitter. Um, you can probably find everything else through there. That's probably the easiest way to point you to. Cool. Yeah. Always a pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. This has been this has been a lot of fun. As we said at, at the middle of the episode, uh, we're not going to be doing one of these Duckfeed Lives uh, next month because uh, our streaming bandwidth is going to be dedicated towards, um, towards the DuckStream event for Transactive. Again, that is November the 21st and 22nd. Uh, check out um, let's see here. Check out duckfeed.tv slash duckstream to find out more details about that. And uh, uh, watch us play some games and goofs and uh, support a really good cause. Yeah. That's yeah, going to be very fun. I'm looking forward to just... Uh, I'm an old man now, so I'm just looking forward to staying up late. <laughs> yeah, I am. I'll be up until 6 a.m. and later than that. So that's going to be fun. Real goofy. It's also, it's after Rebirth comes out. So, like, you know, me and Nick are going to be two people being super enthusiastic about something. Nice. So, and Brain has talked about getting drunk. Or I don't want to make it one of those things where like people encourage like people like watching people drink and like drinking can be a serious problem. But like we're like I I can't drink I'm gonna fall asleep and Brain's like that doesn't count me and he just keeps kind of hinting at it. It's not a huge drink or anything. So it's possible that it's gonna get real fucking stupid. It's gonna be yeah. it's gonna get rowdy. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds amazing in the best possible way. <laughs> well, you Jeremy, were you there? We, I told you the stretch goal, right? Or did you heard me say what the our stretch goal or our donation incentive is? No, I haven't. If uh, if we make $1,000, uh, Brayden and I are going to face each other and shave each other like we're looking in a mirror. <laughs> but shave one another's face. <laughs> well, I guess I'll up my donation then just to, just to be able to see that. <laughs> you, you, you want to see that. And, and Brayden uses like these fancy razors too. He was like dorking out about it. And it's like, I don't want one of those fancy razors on my face or to cut someone else's throat with one, but yeah. here we are. We're doing <laughs> it for the kids. <laughs> Good times. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to. So, so my shift is 9 a.m. to to, to 9 p.m. So I'm looking forward to waking up like bright and early, watching the tail end of their stream, and then just sitting down with a cup of coffee and I'm some eggs and just doing doing the morning horror stream. <laughs> you should do, um, you should uh, like you, I imagine you should wear a robe and you'll look like um that Harry Nelson album cover. <laughs> you already kind of look like. A little bit like Harry Nelson with that robe. You just show up with a cup of coffee. I do have a robe. I do have. I do have a luxurious terry cloth robe. So, mm-hmm. yeah. All right. Well, that's, that's, uh, no. <laughs> what? 
<laughs> I said, who don't have a have a luxurious terry cloth rug? I still from I, I, I'm just laughing because you said, who don't? <laughs> um, all right. Well, yeah, take it easy, everybody. Yeah, thanks, everybody, for listening. Mm-hmm. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Well, that was fun. Thank you so much to Jeremy for joining us for this, and thank you so much for listening. Like I said at the top, if you want to participate in these, go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. The November stream is being replaced by the Duck Stream event. Uh, I would encourage everybody to check that out. Should be a good time. Uh, Until next month, we will see you then. Thank you.